It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah, You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. The new Sully. Mayday, mayday aircraft just experienced a major failure. What we've learned about the hero pilot who safely landed his crippled plane after the catastrophic engine explosion. What was it like in the air and on the ground? And the passengers today, they're finally in Hawaii. Then, after all this, can you believe the shocking electric bill? I was aghast. And the young boy snatched from an icy pond by two heroes. This is a boy. Oh my gosh, I have to help him. And look what's going on in Ted Cruz's house. And Woody Allen fights back. Why he's calling the new HBO documentary a hatchet job. It's my fault. I brought this guy into into our family. Plus, the widow of Playboy legend Hugh Hefner. She says she almost lost her life during plastic surgery. I've lost over half of the blood in my entire body. Her warning to every woman. Then, wait till you hear what's happening to the suits Alex Trebek wore on Jeopardy. And... 500,000. A tribute to those we've lost. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Another challenge for the already crippled airline industry. After an engine caught fire just after takeoff from Denver, Boeing has grounded all 777 model jets with the same engine. This is what passengers on the Hawaii-bound flight saw, and they're giving props to the pilot for getting them safely back on the ground. As Jim Murray reports, it's being compared to the miracle on the Hudson. He's the new Sully. The pilot who landed the stricken plane is today being praised for his professionalism and amazing coolness. Mayday, mayday aircraft just experienced a engine failure. Need to turn immediately. Just like the legendary hero pilot Sully Sullenberger 12 years ago. Among those hailing the pilot, passengers Barbara and Ed Underwood, who shot this scary video. The captain did come on and he said um, that we were going to make a landing, just a normal landing. So it just, it was kind of a relief for everyone just to hear him talk and, you know, be calm. Fellow passenger Brett Guy shot this video from his seat. He also praised the pilot's calm demeanor. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain seated with your seatbelts fastened. He did say it would just be a normal landing, um, differentiating between an emergency and a normal landing, which to me, I took that as, okay, everything's cool. Um, We don't need to freak out. Everything's going to be okay. There were cheers of relief when the plane with 231 passengers on board safely returned to Denver. Yay! We've learned the pilot was hired by United in 1990 has 20,000 hours flying experience, is based in San Francisco. 
Aviation experts are calling the accident an uncontained and catastrophic engine failure. They say the pilot and co-pilot are trained to immediately shut off anything flammable in the engine, including fuel and hydraulic fluid. The pilots acted exactly how they've been trained. They, uh, they did a professional job. Debris from the engine landed on homes and streets outside Denver. I stood up and looked outside and opened the door and I turned to my wife and I go, oh, that's the front cowling of an engine from an airplane. And she goes, what? <laughs> it also triggered a slew of calls to 911. It almost landed on my head. Hey, well, what are you calling about the airplane incident? And we're getting blown up with 911 calls. Today, the passengers are all in Hawaii to start their vacations. The pilots did a great job and uh, we're happy to move forward and enjoy our week. With the memory of what could have been a disaster in the air. Now here's an inspiring story. In life, Alex Trebek gave people entertainment for decades. And in death, he's giving people help with a second chance. Les Trent, with details on the hope being kindled by Trebek's old TV wardrobe. Every night for 37 years, Jeopardy! host Alex Trebek came into our homes perfectly dressed. But what's become of those beautiful suits? Well, here they are. 14 suits, 9 sports coats, 58 dress shirts, 300 ties, nine pairs of dress shoes. And now those perfect designer suits are being donated to former prisoners and homeless men who are going out on job interviews. The suits will hopefully give them the confidence they need as they start their new lives. This is a great story. Trebek's son Matthew and the show's costumer are seen in this photo organizing the clothes. I think you'd be happy. I think it just really falls in line with everything that he believed. When you're dressed like everyone else, in this case, better, you feel totally different. You feel like you fit in, you belong. Erwin Gidron is one of the lucky recipients of a Trebek suit and tie through the New York City-based Doe Fund. Yeah, always a larger-than-life personality, and I was like, wow, me and Alex Trebek the same size, wow. And these guys are proudly showing off the suits they picked out. In one of his final shows, Trebek asked viewers to count their blessings and be compassionate. We're trying to build a gentler, kinder society. Now Trebek's clothes will live on just the way he'd like. Texas has gone from deep freeze to the big thaw, but it'll take months to get back to normal. And if things weren't bad enough, some residents are getting quite a shock when they open their electric bills. Here's why. These Texans were lucky. They never lost power during the brutal cold snap. But then they got their electric bills. My electric bill went from an average of about $12 a day to um, over $3,500 a day. Scott Willoughby's bill, $16,847.35. Who can pay that kind of money for a week's worth of electricity? DeAndre Upshaw got a bill for almost $7,000. Were you shocked when you saw that? I was aghast. Why the huge bills? Well, in Texas, the energy market is unregulated. So when demand increases, prices can skyrocket if the consumer is not on a fixed rate. Katrina Tanner's power bill blew up from $100 a month to $6,225 last month. I started panicking because I'm like, how are we going to pay bills? And 
you know, how are we going to pay this bill? Now, Texas lawmakers say they'll step in to protect citizens from the massive bills. And as Texas thaws out, a warning, stay off the ice. This 11-year-old boy fell through thin ice on a pond near Dallas. So I'm yelling at him, telling him, like, I'm here to help you. Uh, everything's going to be okay. Caitlin Thomas was walking her dog when she spotted the boy struggling in the water and called her grandpa Randy to help. He's getting uh, the rope out to give to the boy, but he's been in there a good minute. So his arms, he couldn't like grab the rope. My grandpa had to go in the water and help him. In this video shot by Caitlin, you can see her granddad in the water pulling oh, the boy no. out. They got him just in time. Meanwhile, the firestorm over Senator Ted Cruz's Cancun trip rages on. Some jokester hired a mariachi band to play outside his house in Houston. He attempted to do damage control, handing out cases of water and serving up barbecue, while his wife Heidi was photographed in Cancun with their daughters on the beach in a bikini. Hey, what's up, Mrs. Cruz? They returned to Houston Saturday and were met at the airport by news cameras. Cruz was back at work in D.C. today, questioning Attorney General Designate Merrick Garland. But it's still going to take a while to live the Cancun fiasco down, as SNL proved over the weekend. You literally abandoned it and flew to Cancun for a family vacation. That's right. And now I'm in a little bit of hot water, which I'm told is a thing no one in Texas has. One year ago, the front page of the newspaper reported America had 34 cases of coronavirus. Today, the nation marks a then unthinkable milestone as 500,000 Americans, a half a million of our friends and relatives and fellow citizens are dead from the virus. And while the vaccine does give hope, as Stephen Fabian reports, we are not out of the woods yet. It's a stunning landmark, 500,000 dead. That's more than all the Americans killed on the battlefields of World War I, World War II, and Vietnam combined. Just as America is reaching that horrifying statistic, there is also promising news about the state of the pandemic. New cases have plummeted by more than two-thirds over the last six weeks, which some experts say indicates that we've turned the corner. A Johns Hopkins professor is causing a big stir after writing in the Wall Street Journal that COVID will be mostly gone by April, allowing Americans to resume normal life. And Dr. Anthony Fauci responded today. If we just let our guard down and act like, well, it's coming down so nicely with that deflection all the way down that we can now relax uh, our, our efforts if we do that, we're in continual danger of having another surge. There are fears that spring breakers could trigger another surge. Airlines and hotels are offering big discounts, and that is worrying authorities in spring break destinations like Miami. This is not a time to have mass gatherings. It's not a time uh, to forget that we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I am worried, frankly, it's going to be very challenging, and we're preparing for more people than probably this place should have. Thank, Thank you. you very much for wearing. I appreciate it. The city's police are handing out tens of thousands of masks. One phenomenon we're seeing is so-called vaccine envy. That's when people eagerly awaiting their turn to get a COVID-19 vaccine become riddled with jealousy over the lucky ones who already got their shots. TV personality Amanda Klutz of The Talk on CBS says she's the target of vaccine envy after she spoke about lining up for leftover vaccine at a mass vaccination center in L.A. 
It just boggled my mind uh, that anyone would rather see a vaccine go to waste than go into a willing arm. Her husband, Broadway star Nick Cordero, died of COVID after a three-month battle. Other news today, Woody Allen is calling the new HBO documentary on allegations that he sexually abused his adopted daughter Dylan a hatchet job riddled with falsehoods. The first episode of the four-part documentary aired last night, and as Amber Cagliano says, Allen's rep wasted no time issuing a statement. Woody Allen is denouncing the explosive new HBO docuseries and allegations that he molested his adopted daughter Dylan when she was seven. The first of four episodes of Allen v. Farrow aired last night featuring interviews with actress Mia Farrow's family and never-before-seen home videos. Tell mommy what you said. One shows Dylan and Allen in the pool together. What did she say? What did you say, Dylan? His legs are funny. No, that's some daddy. <laughs> some daddy are handsome. They're getting to think some are funny. <laughs> Which category do you think she has me? Another video made public for the first time shows a young Dylan wearing only a diaper. Mia Farrow cooperated with the documentary. And I began thinking, well, I must be crazy. He can't be a pedophile, of course. What am I saying? Oh my God. He's, he's my boyfriend, and I, and, I, and I love him, and I know him, and I must believe him. In the series, Dylan, now 35 years old, said she believes Alan was grooming her as a child. I remember sitting on the steps with him in the country house. There was nobody else around, and he was directing me on how to suck his thumb. The series will air footage of Dylan recounting to her mom what she says Alan did to her. Mia Farrow says she confronted the legendary actor and director but wishes she had done more. That's the great regret of my life, that I wasn't perceptive enough. It's my fault. I brought this guy into, into our family. You know, there's nothing I can do to take that away. After part one aired, Allen and his wife, Soon Yi, issued a rare statement calling the series a shoddy hit piece and a hatchet job and accusing the documentarians of collaborating with the Pharaohs and their enablers. As has been known for decades, these allegations are categorically false. The statement continues. Multiple agencies investigated them at the time and found that whatever Dylan Farrow may have been led to believe, absolutely no abuse had ever taken place. Back with more right after this. Next, the widow of Playboy legend Hugh Hefner. She says she almost lost her life during plastic surgery. I've lost over half of the blood in my entire body. Her warning to every woman. Plus, look who's walking. The famous personality hospitalized with a really bad leg injury. And 500,000. A tribute to those we've lost. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. The widow of Playboy founder Hugh Hefner has a warning for women considering plastic surgery. She spoke with Jim Murray. Hugh Hefner's widow is speaking out about the plastic surgery that she says nearly killed her. They told me that 
I've lost over the half of the blood in my entire body, that they have to give me emergency blood transfusions. In this Inside Edition exclusive, 34-year-old Crystal Hefner reveals she was feeling insecure about her smaller breast size after having her implants removed over concerns they were making her sick. So she decided to undergo fat transfer surgery to make her breasts more full. They told me, oh, you know, this is going to be great. We can take it from all over. So it started becoming this here, 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 turn you around, here, here, here. Crystal says she awoke from what was supposed to be a simple procedure to utter shock. She said she'd been told she'd been under anesthesia for seven hours and discovered she was oozing blood. I woke up on pee pads and I had holes that were oozing kind of inner thighs, outer thighs. I just, some of it I couldn't even tell where it was coming from. Crystal went home to recover with a nurse, but says when she started drifting in and out of consciousness, she was taken to the ER. They said that if I didn't get the transfusion, if I would have left, then I wouldn't have survived. How long did it take for you to start to feel like you again? Months. I still have uh, things all over that you know, haven't scarred properly. Like, it was a while before I could even lift one of my arms. The Playboy cover girl says her desire for plastic surgery stemmed from insecurities made worse <laughs> during her time at the Playboy Mansion. After she married the Playboy legend in 2012, she reveals the hate from the public was nonstop. Everything, gold digger, all these things, bimbo. Now nearly three and a half years after Hugh Hefner's death at age 91, Crystal says she's finally ready to date again. She has a new boyfriend, Nathan Levi, an engineer for Tesla. Now she regrets the fat transplant surgery and has this warning for other women considering going under the knife. You really don't need to. It's like you are perfect the way you are. That is the lesson I'm continuing to learn. And when we come back, who's the famous actress hobbling around on crutches? That is actress Brooke Shields getting around on crutches. So what happened? Who's the famous celebrity in the hospital gown and crutches? And the bad boy. Bad boy. And the good, good boy. It's Brooke Shields, who's recovering from a broken femur. Ouch. There's only 20% weight, and the goal is to bend your knee each time, like a little bit. Yeah. So you're just not dragging it and hitching up your hip. She slowly walks down the hospital hallway, putting one foot in front of the other as she carefully applies pressure to her broken leg. When we come back, remembering loved ones as the nation marks a grim milestone. Finally today, a reminder, the terrible COVID milestone reached today is not a number. It is 500,000 individuals who lived and were loved. Sarah Montoya used her dying breath to warn people who were not taking COVID seriously. Everybody thinks it's a joke. It's not a joke. I don't know what more or how much more I could express. She was 43. Floyd Cardoze wanted to be a doctor, but became a chef instead. And this has been cooking for about 25 to 30 minutes. He was 59. J.J. Boatman was the light of his family's life. Oh, my His favorite activity was playing video games. He was just nine years old when he died from COVID. Mike Longo had a lifelong love affair with the piano. Jazz was everything to him. Paul Carslake's family said he could paint anything on any surface. Troy Sneed's life revolved around gospel music. You are welcome in, you are welcome in. It 
was his calling. COVID claimed many well-known personalities. Businessman and presidential candidate Herman Cain was 74. Singer Katie Oslin was 78. And Hall of Fame pitcher Tom Seaver succumbed at 75. Making it happen. Buckle your seatbelts. And here at Inside Edition, we lost our beloved senior producer, Bob Reed. Bob worked here for 30 years. And our Los Angeles-based freelance cameraman, Sal Casillas. Sal died at the age of 54. Magician David Moss and his wife, Donia, went viral with quirky videos they called Quick Change. David died at 57. And for all of us who've lost a loved one to COVID, they live on in our hearts. That's Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thank you for watching. We'll see you again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> <laughs> respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcast.